Well, your, your segue really kind of set my, the message up for, for me today, so thanks for that, uh, Lindsay. Um, well, hey, first of all, good morning again, New Life Church. So thankful for every one of you and those watching online. Wish you were with us today, and hopefully you'll join us uh, again uh, in the coming weeks. We are so thankful uh, for being able to join together. It's good to see some of you. I haven't seen some of you in a while, and it's good to see your faces uh, to, on, on this day. And June the 13th, last week we began a new series for the month of June called Prayers. And um, the word pray, prayers, praying, those types of variations appear in the Bible about 475 times. So it's a pretty big deal. Uh, God talking about prayer, Jesus teaching on prayer, Paul emphasizing prayer, Peter modeling prayer, all of these different ways that prayer and praying are mentioned, telling us to pray for one another, uh, all these different ways. And so last week we talked about bold prayers. Today I'm going to talk about humble prayers. We're going to look at two people specifically today, Jonah and David. Uh, Jonah and David probably don't really, haven't really tied them together much uh, that I can recall, but uh, today we're going to link these two guys together in the way they prayed. And I'm, I'm going to preach a message that I've titled, The Prayer of No Regrets. The Prayer of No Regrets. Um, first, let's look at this scripture here in uh, 2 Corinthians 7. It'll be on our screen for us to look at. It's out of the Passion Translation. Paul writes, he says, God designed us to feel remorse over sin in order to produce repentance that leads to victory. And this leaves us with no regrets. God designed us for victory. God designed us to live and walk and experience victory here on earth. Certainly we will when we enter into heaven. There's, there's no pain. There's no rejection. There's no setbacks. There's no weakness. There's no defeat. It's all about that victory. But while we're living, he also has created a way for us to live and walk in victory in our life. He designed us that way. Victory comes, Paul says, through repentance. Repentance happens when we have remorse over our sin. And just the simplest definition I always like to give about that is this, is that sin is anything that causes you and I to miss our mark for God. Anything that causes us to misstep what God has put in front of us to take, up, take advantage of and live for. So any of those types, whatever that is, and the list is long because we all have different ways of expressing the ways we miss our mark with the way God has called us to live and what he has for us. But Paul says, look, God designed us for this, and it leaves no regrets. He goes on to express and to say, but the sorrow of the world works death. And then he says, can't you see the good fruit that has come? In other words, as you have repented and you live a life of repentance, can't you see the good fruit that comes from living a life of repentance? He goes on, he says, because this is the way God intended it, because of our remorse over our sin. He says this, now, this is the fruit of repentance. You are eager to do what is right. This is what happens when we live a life of repentance. You're eager to do what is right. He says, look at the indignation you experienced over what happened and how alarmed you became. Your senses became more aware. He says, look at the holy longing that has been awakened inside of you. Look at the passion for God that you now have living inside of you. Look how ready you are now to bring justice to the offender that lives on the inside of you. He says, look at how your response has proved that you are free of blame in this matter. When we live a life of repentance before God, 
It's as if God doesn't blame us anymore. There's nothing to blame us for because we have turned to Him. And so a prayer, a humble prayer of no regrets is really a prayer of repentance and surrender. It's the prayer of surrender and repentance unto the Lord. And in, in Matthew's gospel, he says, you know, repentance is proved by a changed life. In other words, repentance is not something we do one time to come to Jesus. Repentance is how we're all called to live as followers of Jesus. Because here's the reality, our hearts are all prone to wander And we're all, at point in times, get caught up in the flesh of our temptation and the ways we want to walk and how we want to live and what we want to do. But the lifestyle of repentance brings us back to this when we experience the remorse, the godly sorrow over missing the mark that God has set before us. And we come to the Lord and we pray, Lord, I'm sorry. I I come to you. I surrender to you. And in, in Paul expressing these things to us reminds us that when we pray the humble prayers of repentance and surrender, it leads us to a life of no regrets because who we are is changed and who in the direction that our life is going is no longer revolves around what we want, but it's more about what God wants and who God is and who God wants to be in us and to us. And so when you look at a prayer of, re- of no regrets, really what you're looking at is praying a prayer and living a life before Jesus that says, God, change my mind and make me so different on the inside and change the direction of my life. I don't ever want to go back to the way I was. I want to keep going in the way you've called me to live. That is what he's getting at. And we're looking here today specifically at, at two guys, Jonah and David, Jonah was, was prayed a prayer. We're going to look at Jonah prayed a prayer of repentance, leading him back to his purpose. And, and David prayed a prayer of surrender that led him to live under the shadow of the shepherd. And when we can see our life in this role, and it's kind of through their eyes, so to speak, it brings us to a place of living a life of no regrets. Anybody ever have no regrets? You don't have to raise your hand, but anybody live with regrets sometimes? You have regrets? Like, man, if I, if I could go back, I would do it this way. If I could go back to that situation, I would handle it different. If, if I had that ch- chance again, I wouldn't do it the same way. That's how life is. We look back, it's 2020 hindsight. It's 2020. We see things so clearly after we get past certain things. But we can really live, learn to live a life of no regrets by learning to pray and live humble before God, living a lifestyle of repentance and surrender. Now, the old school guys would preach repentance with fire and brimstone and, and bring it on down and label every sin in the book. They would tell you this, that, and the other. I'm just not that kind of person. I'm not that kind of preacher. But here's the thing. I, I don't shy away from it, but at the same time, here's what I want to tell you. I don't want you to beat yourself up. I don't want to beat myself up. We don't need to beat ourselves up when we fall short before the, before the eyes of God. We need to realize there's grace, there is mercy, there is help, there is the faithfulness and the love of God that's there to help us and rescue us and get us to a place where we can live a life of no regrets. Just because you fall and just because you make mistakes doesn't make you worthless and unusable before God. I don't know if anybody ever feels that way sometimes. 
You ever feel like, man, I just don't measure up. I don't have what it takes. I'm insufficient. Anybody ever experience insufficiency? Maybe the insufficiency of funds sometimes. You ever get that kickback? You thought you had it in your checking account. You go to pull your debit card and they tell you that it's insufficient funds. That's no fun. That's not a fun place to be in when you feel insufficient. In other words, I don't have what it takes. But that's not the way God looks at any single one of us. And let's look at Jonah, chapter 1. If you don't know where Jonah is or maybe forgot, go to Matthew and turn back a couple of uh, uh, books and you'll see Jonah. Here's the thing, verse 1. It says, the Lord gave this message to Jonah. He was a, a, a prophet and he was, had, had a huge responsibility. And here's what it says. God gave Jonah this message. He said, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. Now, Nineveh, now this was a real story. This is Jonah. Most of us have heard Jonah. If not, Jonah's the guy that got swallowed by the big great fish, all right, and lived to tell about it because he's writing about it. All right, it actually really happened. Don't ask me how it happened. I couldn't tell you how it happened. There are a lot of things that God does. That they, they, that's, that's the doozy of faith. All right, we don't know how certain things happen with God, but the way he makes it happen blows our mind, and it should, because only he can cause a person to get swallowed by a fish, live, spin him out, and write about it and talk about it. That's crazy. I get it. it I know. But he writes about it. And now Nineveh was, was the capital city uh, at the time of Assyria, largest city. And, and, in, and in its place were, the, the Assyrians were some of the most powerful people at the time. And they were also some of the most ruthless people against, God's, against God and his people. And they would treat people ferociously. I mean, eat them alive. And as you can see now, God gives Jonah the task. He says, go to Nineveh. Go to the place where everybody hates you. And I want you to tell them about me. Like, go, go to the place where nobody likes you, and they actually want to kill you when, when they see you because they just hate you. And I want you to go there, and I want you to, you know, basically tell them about me. You know, go in there and experience it and tell them about me. As you can imagine, can you, I mean, God gives Jonah this task. God gives Jonah, I I, got to do this quick, but I feel so much in this right now. God gives Jonah this task, this assignment, this purpose. Go to a place where everybody hates you, and I want you to tell them about me. Go to work in this place where nobody likes you, but I want you to work there anyway. How many times have we equated God's purpose with what makes me feel good? Sometimes God sends us to places and puts us in assignments that don't always make us feel good, but yet that's where he's called us to. I don't like that side. Because there are things that God asks me to do sometimes that don't make me feel good. That I won't get the attaboy. 
I won't get the accolade. I won't get the notice. I won't get the appreciation. Nobody appreciates what I am doing. I know no one's ever been there before, especially as a parent. Never been there before. Right? But God gives Jonah this assignment. Go to Nineveh where nobody likes you. In fact, everybody hates you and they want to kill you, but you got to go there and you got to tell them about me. And here's the thing. What happens? Verse 3 says, Jonah got up and he was like, whatever you say, I'll be happy to do it. Can't wait to get my day started in a city where everybody hates me. Can't wait to show my face in public where every, no one likes me, especially you, God. I'm going to go tell them God loves them. God's got a purpose for them. God's got an assignment for them. No, what does Jonah do? Jonah gets up and he goes in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. Now, Jonah's writing this. says, he went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish and he bought a ticket and he went on board and here he puts, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. Now, he writes this after his whole story happens because he understood you can't outrun God. You can't outhide God. You play hide and seek with God, God will always seek you and find you. Not because he's against you, but because he's for you. Not because he wants to make you do something you don't like. It's because he makes you to do something you were created to do. And in being faithful to that and obedient to that and following through with that calling, that assignment, that purpose, not only does God get the glory, but people get the help that they need. And he goes the opposite direction, hoping to get away from the Lord. Maybe if I just go this way, God will leave me alone. Maybe he'll forget he even called me to this thing to begin with. Maybe if I can just get far enough down the sea, out, out into the ocean, God will leave me alone. He'll be like, you know, yeah, I'm waste, I, I should have known better than to call on Jonah. I, that old rascal, I knew he was going to run. I knew he was going to hide. I knew, I knew he, he was going to go and do whatever he wanted to do because this is, this is tough. What I called, I know I got, it's too much. I ask you to do too much. I put too much expectation on you. Let me just tell you, whatever God expects of us, God will give us the grace to do. Wherever God calls us, whatever assignment he puts us in, whatever place of responsibility he calls us to, he will give us the grace to be able to do it. Doesn't always necessarily mean that it will always be a walk through the tulips and, and, and a walk through the park. No, it also means sometimes it's going to be prickly and thorny and difficult and challenging and ugly and nasty and damp and cold and rainy. And, it, and uh, sometimes the sun will shine and other times it won't. That doesn't mean that won't happen. That will happen, but he will always give the grace to follow through with what he calls us to do. I don't hear anybody getting excited about that. I, I get it. We, we want to be told, yeah, you, God's going to do great things in us. God wants to use our life, absolutely. But sometimes where God puts us, it's not always we want to be. And we have to learn to discern the difference. Just because there's a place I don't want to be doesn't mean that's not where God wants me to be. 
When, when I was asked about moving here in 2000, I was asked to move here in 2003. We didn't move here until 2005 because I had to be sure that God was calling me to Jackson, calling Haley and I to Jackson. I had to, be, I had to know. I, cu- I couldn't just go because I was invited. I couldn't go just because I was asked. It was easy to accept a preaching gig and an invitation to preach on a Sunday morning and go out to lunch and go back home. It was a whole other thing to accept the invitation to plant myself here, move here, root myself here, all those things that you do when you move. And I had to know God wanted us to do this. Because i got to tell you, over the last 15 years, you and I know, we know that some of the challenges this church has had. It has not been that easy. It has not been, you know, just, just a, 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 a cakewalk. It has not been like that all the time. Life is not like that all the time. And I had to, I had to come to grips with, God, you called me here. I don't like some of the conditions sometimes. I don't like how certain things are sometimes. Those are things, God, that, that, that I, I just don't prefer. I'd rather it be a little bit easier. I'd rather, I'd rather the navigation be a little smoother. And I had to always come back to, God, you called us here, so God, we're going to stay here. God, you called me to pastor this church, so God, I will stay here. As long as you want me here, I will stay here. So you got me as long as God has me here, all right? You got me here as long as God has me here. And that doesn't mean that I haven't loved all 15 years, absolutely. But at the same time, it, there's been some tough days. There's been some tough weeks. There's been some tough months over the last 15 years. And I had to always come back to, you called me. Here, you called us here. And that's where Jonah was. And then he went the opposite direction. Then fast forward a little bit. Verse 17 says, Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah. The reason that happened is because there was a big storm God caused that was flipping the ship all around. Everybody was getting scared. And they said, you know what, Jonah, I think you're the problem here. And so he said, well, just throw me overboard. It'll be all right. God will take care of you, and I'll just go on and, and whatever. And he was like, they were like, no, no, we can't do that. And then finally it was just too much. They're like, you're going. We ain't, you, you too much trouble, Jonah. I know you bought a ticket and all, but when you got on, man, God, this is a massive storm. We're all about to die, and so I think you're, you're the problem. You're going to have to go. And so he goes overboard, and, and, and then, and then God, God causes this big, giant, huge fish to swallow Jonah. And then it says, and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. C.S. Lewis once asked this question, why are so many holy places dark places, the cross, the tomb, the stable. He says they are holy because even in the dark of night, God is at work, breaking through the husk around our hearts and bringing life from under dead leaves. Here's Jonah finds himself in a dark place. He was running from the Lord's purpose. He was running from God's assignment. He was running from his responsibility on where the Lord had called him to. 
And God, this just shows us God goes to great lengths to provide us ways to accept his calling and his purpose for our life. I think sometimes we often equate hardship with that's the wrong direction for me. Not all the time. Oftentimes, hardship is God's way of getting us to pay attention to what we need to pay attention to. He uses bad to turn into good. And Jonah found himself in a dark place. And he was like, whoa, I didn't expect to be gobbled up by a fish, whatever this thing is. And he's alive. Because the next chapter says he prayed to God from inside the fish. So here he is in the belly of a fish, somewhere inside this fish, alive. I don't know how, but he's alive. And he has the wherewithal, well, I better pray, because this ain't good. I don't know what I'm going to do. And he prays. And he takes this chapter 2 as a prayer, and he prays a prayer, really kind of a prayer of repentance that brings him back around to his purpose, the reason he's here. And oftentimes we can find ourselves in a place of the fish, places that are dark, places where we don't really know, a place with an opportunity to talk to God and ask Him and, and express to Him how you feel, what's going on, ultimately to get us to where, we're, where God has called us to be. And he goes through this, and he says things like, hey, I'm in trouble, God. No, duh, I'm in a fish. I'm in trouble. So I feel like I'm sunk down. I feel like I'm buried. I feel like I'm far from you. I feel closed in, wrapped up, imprisoned. I feel like my life is slipping. What else can you say? You're in a fish in the middle of the ocean, and you don't know if you're going to drown or what, and you're feeling all of these things. Your heart is coming to the, to the place where you have to actually confront the issues of it. And you're like, am I really living for the purpose of God or have I been trying to just live for me? And Jonah says, this is how I feel. But then he turns and he says, but despite how I feel, I will not turn my back on God like others have. He said, God, he says this in verse 9, he says, I will fulfill all my vows to you. What I told you I would do back way ever when, back whatever day that was, when I told you, yeah, you can use me, Lord. You can send me where you want to send me. You can do with my life however you want to do with me. You can, you can put me where I need to be. You can place me where I need to be. Whatever and however you want to use me, I, I want to do that. And I, he's remembering, I will fulfill all the vows that I've made to you. You called me to this. Therefore, God, I'm here in this place. And here's the thing. I want to be on my purpose with you. I want to be living my purpose for you. I want to get back to what you've called me to do with my life, God. I want to be where you want me to be. And, and I, want to, I want to do what you've called me to do. I will fulfill my vows regardless of how I feel, regardless of how I feel. Now, feelings are real. Feelings are real. We feel the feelings. Feelings are real. Emotions are real. We don't ignore them, but what we do is acknowledge them, and we let God in on how we feel. 
And when we let God in on how I feel, God, I don't feel like doing this, but God, regardless of how I feel, I'm going to still do what you want me to do. I'm still going to live this life that you've called me to live. I am running out of time. I cannot preach as fast as Lindsay can because I am not a female who can say fewer things and make them make sense in less amount of time than I can. So should I go to save part two for later? I don't know. You guys want to hang for another few minutes? If you're ready to go, I don't blame you. You go. I get it. Lord, help me wrap where I need to wrap. I told you I was feeling it today. And I was telling the Lord in in worship, I really don't care if I preach today. I was like, I just could sit right here. God... God, I'll look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like you do. You know, I, I don't know how it felt for you, but for me today, that part of that whole worship segment was like it was I, I was experiencing it for the first time. And I know that oh, I have a what a friend we have in Jesus. I don't know the hymn number for it. Maybe somebody else does, but I don't know, today it didn't sound like just some, no offense to anybody, a dried up hymn. It sounded like, man, I got a friend in Jesus. And it talks about if I would just take myself to God in prayer, He would get me what I need. He would put me where I need to be. I feel there's somebody in here today that you've been trying to get places. You've been trying to go somewhere. You've been trying to make yourself be a certain thing. And you feel like no matter what I do, I keep falling short. I keep, I keep, I keep, I I don't know, I just keep not being able to meet the standard that I feel that should be met, and I keep falling below that. And God wants wants you to know He, He hears that, He sees that, He knows that about you. He just wants you to talk to Him about it. And as you talk to Him about it, He's going to help you see the way He sees you. Jonah, he didn't want to go. Who, who, who would? But oftentimes, God doesn't show us the greater picture of the invitation that He gives us because perhaps He knows right off the bat would be like, no, no thanks. I'm I right here. I'm good right here in my hood, right here where I'm at. I'm, I'm going to stay right here I know that might be where you're calling me, but ah, I'm all right. Now, do we want to live a life of just being all right? Or do we want to live a life of no regrets? If you could, Megan or Mariah, one of the two on the keys, I'll close it with this. 
I guess I'll have to pick David up later. It's interesting, they say a whole lot less about Jonah than they do David, and I preach more on Jonah. Anybody ever feel like you've been swallowed up by a big giant fish? is going on? Got a feeling that God uses that fish because the story says so to get Jonah where he's called to be. God will use the dark places of life to get us where we need to be. We're not called to always live in darkness, but God will use darkness to get us to the light of our purpose. So I don't know if you like Jonah today, maybe you feel like, man, I really don't think I'm really living up for the purpose. where he wants me, what he wants to do with me, how he wants to use me, where he has me. Just don't know what to do with it. Maybe you might be like, I don't even know what my purpose is. I don't even know why I'm even really here. What am I, what, what am I for? Is there more to my life? I used to ask that question. And sometimes I still silently ask that question. Because somewhere deep down, I just feel there is more. There's more that God wants to do in my life. There's there's more days God wants to use Jeremy Smith. Some days I'd rather just stay in the fish than get spit out on the beach because I get afraid of not being able to live up to what God has called me to do. I'm so glad God doesn't measure us by our failures our mistakes, our shortcomings. Because if that were the case, none of us would be able to be anybody of any good at any time. But what oftentimes we feel might be our greatest, worst moment or day or or whatever mistake in life, God says, I'm going to take that and it'll be your biggest blessing. Because I'll show you. I'll show you how good I am at taking everything, working it out for your good. Because now you've come to me like Jonah and said, I'm sorry. I just want to do what you want me to do with my life. I don't know how you're going to do it all, I don't know how you're going to do it all. 
but I'm just going to throw myself at you, Lord. And that's all God was looking for for Jonah. And he got him to that beach. The fish spit him out. Jonah went and preached to Nineveh. if you're able to stand to your feet I got like a whole good second half for David David's known for for comebacks anyway we'll use him in the second half Brandon I just want to close it right I'm not sure what to do you ever known a pastor and just doesn't know what to do? Dane? Megan, can you join uh, Miss Bailey? That's what your students call you, right? Because I'm a student. Because Mariah doesn't sing, she plays. But Megan sings. Is it all right if we linger? I, I know you guys have got places to go, I get it. I know it's probably not the traditional way I normally close. It's not the way I normally close a church service, that's for sure. I just feel there's some, there's some things pulling on our hearts today. God is. He's trying to get us. He's using it right now. He wants to get us to a place, man, where we can believe him. That there is life after pain that there is purpose beyond our problems. There is new life after what we may have experienced. Year 12 means a year of establishment. means God has decided to establish it and it won't go away. The foundation is established. And the enemy's trying to lie to some folks today to tell you that you don't have it. That what you've been going through is your own fault. The turmoil in your life is your own fault. The dissension in your life is your own fault. Your disappointments and discouragements are your own fault. But God wants to remind you today, I have a purpose for you. I have a plan for you. I want to use your life in ways that you can't even imagine. And I'm not talking about being famous. I'm talking about being faithful. Being faithful. Come on, if you're able to lift your hands to the heavens today, lift them up. God, I 
Forever. 